0: Hey, brother, there's an endless road to be discovered. Hey, sister, now the water's sweet, but blood is thicker. Oh, if the sky comes falling down for you, there's nothing in this world I wouldn't do. Hey, brother, do you still believe in one another? Hey, sister, do you still believe in love, I wonder? Oh, if the sky comes falling down for you, there's nothing in this world I wouldn't do. Sister will I help you out If the sky comes falling down through you There's nothing in this world I wouldn't do
1: My name is Caitlin McGuire and I have the privilege of leading our student ministries here. And I love that we started our day with that song because that really is the heartbeat behind Kensington, that you would find family and people to be connected to and brothers and sisters here. But the amazing thing is that we don't just have brothers and sisters here in the Metro Detroit area, but Kensington partners with people all around the world. And we have parts of our family, far in other parts of the world. And so we have an organization called No Child. And what No Child is, is it is a sponsorship program where we actually provide some basic needs uh, for kids all throughout the world. And what it is, we don't just provide the basic needs, but we also provide education so that they can continue to advance themselves and step into the idea identity that God has for them and we have actually 1200 kids already in this program and we would love if you joined with us and partnered with some of your brothers and sisters on the other side of the world and joined in that and so you can go online to nochild.org and find out more information about how you can get involved in partnering with people and kids around the world Well, we are in our series called It's Just a Phase, so don't miss it. And what we're really talking about is how do we partner with parents to help as they step into parenting kids and students and how do we come alongside them, wrap our arms around them and help them in that. And one of the ways that we partner with parents is through our student ministries. And so this summer, we are super excited about a brand new opportunity that we have for our middle schoolers and high schoolers. So anyone in sixth through 12th grade, whether you're involved in our program or not, and that is an opportunity called Student Serve Camp, What we've realized is that we do a really good job of transforming students through camp opportunities and through retreat opportunities. But what we want to do this summer is actually mobilize our students to serve in a community and be a part of leaving an impact in a community that can really use some help. And so the the camp is uh, June 17th through the 23rd. And what it is, is it's kind of the best of both worlds. So it's got the camp feel, but during the day, your students will be going out into the community and they'll be rebuilding decks or they'll be painting houses or building wheelchair ramps. And what's so awesome is I've actually been a part of this organization for the past couple summers. And last summer, I had a chance to witness a woman who was was wheelchair bound, but was able to come out of her home because of a brand new wheelchair ramp that had been built by five students over the course of a week. Now, some people ask me, do I have to be able to like, do things? Do I need skills? And the answer is no. We will teach them. We will train them. It's also a great opportunity for students to learn some of those skills. And so if you want more information uh, and you want to sign your student up, you can go online to kensingtonchurch.org slash go and click on student serve camps. There is a deadline coming up in March. This year we do have a deadline to sign up. So make sure to go online right away and get your student signed up. Well, the last thing I have for you guys this morning is that it is, in just a few weeks, it is time for our annual middle school all-nighter. And this is really, it's the party of the year for our middle schoolers. It's called Takeover. And what we do is we have a giant party all night long. And so we're gonna be going to things like, we're gonna do virtual reality games. We've got go-karts lined up, unlimited Dave and Buster's gaming. And it is an awesome night. Tons of food, because if you got middle schoolers, you gotta have food and it's just a great time. And so if you have a middle schooler, if you know a middle schooler, or maybe you interact with middle schoolers, make sure to get them signed up for this event. And it's a great chance for your students to even invite friends and to come with us. We'll have over 700 students joining us that night. Well, we are in our series, It's Just a Phase, so don't miss it. And today we are talking about the importance of the time that we have with our kids and students right now and how it's a very finite amount of time that we can invest in them before they head off into college and start their lives. So we're super excited about this morning. But before we jump in, would you go ahead and stand up, shake the hand of someone around you, and then we'll be right back.
2: She took her first look step her. Have a great day, sweetie I hope she'll be okay
0: Oh, she'll be fine Alright, hold still, honey Here we go Yeah, there it is Okay, let's take a look Oh, it's not too bad, just a scratch
2: I think she needs stitches Stop I know, I know I'm so sorry, honey Girls can be mean. Be careful. And remember, everyone out there is an idiot. Oh, Oh, honey, you look so beautiful.
0: What's his name?
2: Seriously? Oh, Look at you. My goodness.
0: Honey, we're really proud of you. Okay, you're going to do great.
2: I'll FaceTime you around four every day.
0: (laughs) We'll see about that. Are you okay?
2: Yeah, I'll, I'll be fine. It just went so fast. I know. I know. we i
3: Good morning, everyone. If we haven't met, my name is Andrew Kim, and I am the teaching pastor here at Troy. And whenever I hear that song, I, the picture that comes to mind is a parent looking down at their young child, thinking, Don't you ever grow up. Don't you ever grow up. Stay the way you are. Because things right now are so much simpler. Because I can give you what you need. I can protect you. I can shield you from the hurts, the heartache, and the dangers that are out there, so don't you ever grow up. I think of a parent looking down at their child wishing that they could freeze time and keep them exactly at that young age. But as we all know, children do grow up, and they grow up fast, which is why there's so much truth in that saying, the days are long, but the years are short. And as Caitlin mentioned earlier, right now we're in this series called It's Just a Phase where we're talking about parenting. And last week, Danny Cox, our Troy Lee pastor, he kicked off the series by talking about how two combined influences have a greater impact than two separate influences. How when the local church and families partner together in the lives of our children, something extraordinary is able to happen. And last week, after a few of the services, a couple people came up to me, people who don't have children at home right now, either because they don't want to have children, they can't have children, they haven't reached that stage of life, Or their children have grown up, moved out, and some of them have had children of their own. And these people came up to me and they said, because of what happened this weekend, I was reminded that I could still have a huge impact on the next generation. And when they said that to me, I can't tell you how excited I was, because that's one of the primary goals of this series, that every single one of us, we would understand that it's not just about our own children, but it's also about the children in our local neighborhoods in our communities, in our region, and in our world, about investing, teaching, encouraging, and loving them as well. And imagine if every single one of us, we had that perspective when it came to parenting, the impact that we could have on our world. And so last week was a powerful week. And if you missed it, I want to invite you to go online and check out the service. But this morning, what we're going to do is we're going to continue on in this series by talking about how we can maximize the time that we have with our children. Because as I mentioned, the days are long. And especially if you have young children, the days can be really, really long. The days are long, but the years are short. And they go by like that. And so in the time that we have with our children, how can we help them discover how God has uniquely created them? How can we help them discover a faith of their own? How can we make sure that they develop the character that's needed to properly navigate through life? And these are huge questions. They're important questions, but they're also very difficult questions. But thankfully for us, there's a short verse in the scriptures that provides us with a very clear picture as to how we can properly navigate through this part of parenting in our lives. And the passage that we're gonna be looking at this morning was written by a man named Moses. And Moses was one of the greatest leaders in all the scriptures. He's the one who parted the Red Sea. He's the one who brought the Ten Commandments down from the mountain. And in the passage that we're going to be looking at this morning, Moses shares with us his perspective on life. And he says that life is short, it's limited, it's temporary. And so because it is, he reminds us how important it is to live our lives in the way that God created and intended for us. And so The passage that we're going to be looking at is in Psalm chapter 90. And this is what Moses starts off by saying. He says, Lord, you have been our dwelling place throughout all generations. Lord, you have been our dwelling place throughout all generations. So what Moses was saying to God was that, God, during the good times, when we as your people, we followed you and we listened to you, to the bad times, when we turned our backs on you and we betrayed you, to every time in between, God, you have always been our dwelling place. You've always been our home, the place that we could go no matter what we did, no matter what happened, the place that we could go to find refuge and refreshment. And this is who you've been, God, throughout all of time. When you pause to think about what he says, that's an extraordinary statement that Moses makes about who God is. And then in the rest of the passage, Moses recounts the good times as well as the bad and how the people felt during those experiences. But right in the middle of this passage in verse 12, Moses makes another incredible statement about God and our lives that can help us in this area of parenting. And he starts off in verse 12, by very simply saying, teach us. That's how he starts off. He's a very simple statement. He says, teach us. And in saying teach us, what Moses was saying to God, what he was recognizing that was that he was a student and that God was the teacher. And so because this is their relationship, Moses comes to God in a spirit of humility, with an attitude of submission, understanding that he doesn't know everything and he can't do it on his own. And so he needs God's help. He needs God to give him direction and purpose And as we'll read in a moment, wisdom. And this phrase that we can't do it on our own, I can't do it on our own, is something that we say a lot here at Kensington, especially when it comes to parenting. Because we recognize that if we're going to be the parents that God has called us to be, that we can't do it on our own. Because if we want our children to realize everything that God has for them in their lives, we're going to have to figure out a way to parent beyond our capacity. And we believe that the very first step in doing this is doing exactly what Moses did in submitting to God and coming to God with this spirit of humility, understanding that we are the student and that he is the teacher. We don't have everything figured out. And so we need God to give us direction. We need him to give us purpose and wisdom in this area of our lives. So Moses then continues on. And he not only says, teach us, but then he says, teach us, To number our days. And what Moses was asking God was, help me to see. Give me this perspective that my life won't last forever. That my days on this earth are limited and they're temporary. Give me this perspective. And this is also something that James, who is the half-brother of Jesus, also said. And that he said that our lives as human beings are like vapor. Here today, gone tomorrow. That when you see our lives in the scope of eternity... It's about a breath. It's about a vapor. And so, this is what Moses is asking God for give me this view of my life. And imagine if we had this view when it came to parenting that we, under, we understood that this season that we have as parents won't last forever. It's this season when our children are at home, when we have that opportunity to invest in them, whether you're a parent whether you're a mentor to a child, whether you're a teacher, that that season is limited. Would it change the way that you lead? Would it change the way that you parent? I know it would for me if I had this perspective. And then Moses, what he does is that he wraps up this short principle by talking about what he hopes to gain from God, by submitting to God, and by having this temporary perspective of life. And that he says, teach us to number our days that we may gain wisdom, he says. And so Moses, what he's saying is, God, help me to have this perspective on life, that my life won't last forever, because when I do, then I'll gain wisdom. I'll lean into you more. I'll live my life with greater urgency, with greater intentionality, and I will prioritize the things that are truly important. And again, imagine if we lived our lives with this perspective, or if we parented in this way, understanding that our that, this phase The season for us as parents won't last forever. Eventually, they will move out, and they will start their own families. They'll go off to college, and they'll do their own thing. Imagine if we understood that this phase is limited. What it says here is that we would gain wisdom, that we would parent with greater urgency, with greater intentionality, that we'd lean into God more, and we'd refocus our priorities and do the things that are truly important. And the reason why we do this, and this is the main point of the message today, it's because when we see how much time we have left, we tend to do more with the time that we have now. Let me say that again. When we see how much time we have left, we tend to do more with the time that we have now. And this is true in other areas of our lives as well. And this past October, I went to Korea because... My grandfather has cancer. And my grandfather's cancer, it's uh, progressed to a place where the doctors really can't do anything for him. And so they've simply just been trying to manage it and to keep him comfortable. And so I went to Korea thinking that, you know what, this is probably the last time I'm ever going to see him. And throughout my entire life, I've had a difficult relationship with him. Because I've always found him to be a hard, callous, critical, and judgmental human being. And so I remember growing up, whenever I was around him, I sort of braced myself, understanding that that critical, that that judgmental comment was coming, and it usually would. So I haven't had a great relationship with him, never really liked him, but he's family. He's my grandfather. He's dying. So I went. And when I got there, I discovered that his cancer had significantly softened him. It had forced him to realign his priorities and focus on what's truly important. So what I discovered was that he was actually being nice to people. He was kind to people. He said, please and thank you, which I cannot remember the last time that those words came out of his mouth. He wanted to spend every waking moment with me. So we went on walks together. We ate so many of our meals together. We watched TV together. And he said something to me which I don't even remember the last time he said this to me. I don't know if he's ever said this to me, and that he said, I love you. And I believe that this drastic change happened in him because he understood that he didn't have a lot of time left. Because when we see how much time we have left, we tend to narrow our focus. And we also tend to value quality interactions. When we see how much time we have left, we realign our priorities and we do more of what's important. When we see how much time we have left, we tend to do more with the time that we have now. And again, what if we had this perspective when it came to our children? And to help us see this, I wanted to actually use a marble illustration. And this marble illustration was first used by a man named Reggie Joyner. And Reggie Joyner, he's the founder and CEO of an organization, nonprofit organization called Orange. And this, or, uh, this organization, Orange, it partners with ch- churches to provide resources to invest in and to raise up the next generation. And he also wrote a great book. It's a tiny little book. It'll probably take you 10 to 15 minutes to read it if you want to pick, up, pick it up. And it's called Don't Miss It. And part of this message is based out of his book. But as you can see here, this jar of marbles, there are a lot in them. Anyone want to venture how many marbles are in this jar? Any guesses out here? Go for it, just yell it out. 600, 600. it's one of the things at the fair when you go and you hope to win the prize. 600, anybody else? 2,000, 1,000. If, if you said a thousand, you're close. If anybody said a 900, you're even closer. The number of marbles in this jar are 936, and the reason why I know there are exactly 936 is our is Nancy Brown, one of our leaders in our K- kids program. She counted every single one because she said, "You can't go up there and not know how many marbles there are. This is an integrity issue." So she counted every single one. So thank you, Nancy Brown. But there are 936 marbles in this jar. And you may be wondering, why 936? Because that seems like a very specific number. And the reason why there are 936 is that every single one of those marbles represents a week in a child's life. And a child, from the time that they're born to when they graduate high school, they have 936 weeks in between. And you may think, that's a lot of time. But as many of you know, the days are long, but the years are short. Time flies by. For example, when your child starts kindergarten, you'll have lost a lot of marbles. Not only in terms of time, but maybe up here as well for some of you. But that's another issue, another, another message for another day. When your child starts kindergarten, you, have, you will have lost more than a quarter of your marbles, and you'll have 676 left. When your child starts middle school, you'll have 364 left, which is a little more than a third of what you started with. When your child starts high school, you'll have 208 left, which includes four more summer vacations. And then, you know what's going to happen? They're probably going to move out. And this is a sobering illustration And I was actually talking to Jalen about this earlier this week, and he has a daughter who was just born a a number of months ago. And I was telling him about this, and he was like, wow, that's really depressing. That's really sad. So happy Sunday, everybody. (laughs) Glad you came to church, right? And he was saying, oh, that's really depressing, really, really sad. And the point here is, isn't to make everybody sad or make you depressed, but it's really to show us how quickly time goes by. And I was talking to a woman yesterday before the service, before yesterday night's service, and she was saying that she has a jar exactly like this one. And that when her daughter was born two years ago, somebody gave her a jar. And it was filled, not with marbles, but with gumballs. And she keeps it in her daughter's room. And so every single time that she goes into that room, she sees that jar. And it's a reminder of how little time she has left with her daughter. And to really be able to maximize that time. And she said that every single Sunday night, what she does, she takes another gumball out. It's a powerful, powerful thing that she does. She not only sees it, but she takes it out. And when she takes it out, she says, you know what, there's another week that's gone. And so this coming week, I really need to maximize my time with her. And so if this is something that you want to do, that's great. If you want to get a jar, put a bunch of marbles or a bunch of gumballs in it, that's fantastic to remind you to really do this or another way that you can do this is by downloading an app that we want to recommend to you today. And what the app is called is called ParentQ. And if you, you can go to whatever uh, app store that you have, and if you download this app and input your child's information, it'll tell you how many weeks they have until graduation. But the great thing about ParentQ is that it'll also provide you with a lot of other resources that will help you as a parent. It'll give you tips every single week, resources every single week, as to how you can have conversations about faith with your son or your daughter. Great, great app. And we'd love love for you to download it. But whether you're here, whether you're here somewhere in between, or maybe you're further along in this journey... There are things that every single one of us can do to maximize the time that we have with our child. Because that time is so incredibly precious. And so this morning, what I wanted to do was I wanted to just give you three thoughts, three suggestions, three things that I don't want us as parents to miss when it comes to our children so we can truly maximize that time. And the first thing that we can do when it comes to our children to maximize the time that we have with them is don't miss Their identity. Because every single child is made in the image of God. Every single child has been made in his likeness. And because this is who they are, they have extraordinary value. And some of you may already know this, but you gotta admit, on certain days, it's hard to remember that. It's hard to see that. And my son, Isaiah, he's four years old. And I still remember the day that he was born in the hospital because it's only been four years. And I remember that moment when I saw him for the very first time. And honestly, when I saw him for the first time, I thought he looked a little bit like an alien. But nevertheless, he was my son. He's my little boy. So to me, he was the most beautiful little boy in the world. And in that moment, you know what? It wasn't hard to see the image of God in him. But then we took him home and he started pooping and he started pooping a lot. And then he started having some diaper blowouts. How many of you have experienced those wonderful things? Right? Diaper blowouts all up the back. Sometimes they even come out the back. Awesome when it happens in public as well. And so he started having those things. And then my son started waking up at 4 a.m. Because he's a morning person and refusing to go back to bed. And he woke up at 4 a.m. for the first year and a half to two years of his life. Which meant that my wife or I, one of us, we woke up at 4 a.m. every single day. And he didn't care whether, whether we had a day off, didn't care about the weekends. He didn't give us time off on the weekends. Every single day, he got up at 4 a.m. And I don't care who you are. It's hard to see the image of God in anyone at 4 a.m. in the morning, no matter how cute you are. It doesn't matter if you're a baby, teenager, older person, doesn't matter. And so many of us, when we look at our children, and it might be your children at home, It could be that child that you're investing into, maybe here in our community at K-Kids Edge, Breakaway. It might be that child in your neighborhood that you're pouring into. But whoever it is on certain days for every child, it's difficult for us to see that image of God in them. It's hard to see the image of God in that toddler who's having that tantrum because you told them, I'm sorry, you can't eat dirt. Hard to see that image. Hard to see that image in that child when they lie to you, when they talk back to you. Hard to see the image of God in a teenager when she screams at you and says horrible things to you because you won't let her go out with that guy. But just because we can't see it at certain times doesn't mean it's not there. Just like it's hard to see the image of God in us on certain days, but doesn't mean it's not there. But this is who they are. And because this is who our children are, they have the capacity to do extraordinary things they have the divine capacity to lead, to love deeply, to create, to dream, and to change the world. And somebody who did this for me was my fifth grade teacher, and her name was Mrs. Ramsey. And before I got into her class, before I started in her class, the year before, my sister was in her class. And my sister is one of the most intelligent people that I've ever met in my life. She went to one of the most elite schools in Vancouver, which is the city that I grew up in. And so she went to school with some of the most intelligent people in the entire city. She got a free ride to the best engineering school, the best engineering university in all of Canada. She got a free ride to do her master's and her PhD at Berkeley. She actually turned down going to MIT. And so that's my sister. And so my sister was in Mrs. Ramsey's class the previous year. And everyone knew of my sister because she was one of the brightest people in the entire school. And i was her little brother and then i went into the same class same teacher awesome (laughs) and so i remember mrs ramsey the previous year when my sister was in her class she would tell my mom about how incredibly talented my sister was one of the brightest people that she had ever come across and so the next year i'm in mrs ramsey's class and i can't tell you how inferior i felt I can't tell you the low self-esteem I had because I knew, you know, my my sister had set the bar way up here and there was no way that I was going to get there. No way. Because I knew, you know what? I'm just not as intelligent as her. At least that's what I thought. But then Mrs. Ramsey said something to me a few months into the year that completely changed my perspective that year. And that she came up one day and she said to me, you know what, Andrew? Your sister, she is very talented. She is very intelligent. And then she said four words to me, which I still remember to this day. And that she said, but so are you. And that completely changed my year. I went from looking down at the ground to looking up. From being hunched over thinking, you know what? There's no way. I'm not even in her league. I don't have that worth to now having a completely different mindset about who I was. My teacher saw who I was, the identity I had, and she called it out in me. And that's one of the jobs that we have as parents. Because sometimes in our children, it's difficult to see that image of God. Sometimes, whether you have children at home, or it's the child that you see one hour a week as you invest into them. Maybe it's here at K-Kids Edge Breakaway, as I mentioned, wherever it may be. As parents, or as parental figures, mentors, teachers, whatever it may be, one of our primary jobs is to see their identity and to call it out of them. But if we're going to do that, we can't miss remembering this. We can't miss seeing who they are. Don't miss their identity. But something else that we don't want to miss is that we don't want to miss the ordinary. Because in parenting, there are a handful of mountaintop moments But there are a lot, there are a ton of ordinary, everyday, plain Jane, mundane moments. And in those ordinary moments, it's when we make these small, consistent deposits, day after day, time after time, that over the course of 936 weeks, they can have a huge impact on a child's life, a huge impact. And this is also what Moses told the people of God to do in the passage that we looked at last week, and that he told them, in the ordinary moments of your day, make these small, consistent deposits into their lives. Moses said, and this is part of the passage that we looked at last week, talk about them, meaning talk about God and the way that he wants you to live. Talk about these things to your children. When you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up, And every single one of these things that Moses mentions here were ordinary things that these Jews did, the Jewish people did, every single day. And he says, in the ordinary moments of your day, make these small, consistent deposits in your child's life. And for us, what the ordinary moments would be with our children, when we drive them to school, when we drive them to that lesson, that game, that practice, whatever it may be, when we sit with them during dinner, when we put them to bed, when we're teaching them that lesson, whatever it may be, those are the ordinary moments. And in those ordinary moments, to make those small, consistent deposits. And somebody that did that for me was my small group leader back in high school, and his name was Sung. And I went to a small group every single Friday night during high school. And my mom was a single parent, so she was working a lot, so we didn't, my sister and I, we didn't have a ride. So what Sung would do was that after working a long day, after having a long week, he would go out of his way, he would pick my sister and myself up, and he would drive us 45 minutes to the house where our small group was at, and then he would drive us back 45 minutes every single Friday night. And when we hopped into his car and he drove us, he wouldn't just turn on the music and just sort of just drive in the car and not really talk to us, but for the entire hour and a half there and back, he would engage with us. And we would have lighthearted conversation. We would have deep conversation and really everything in between. And I cannot tell you how life-giving that was to me because that was during a period of time where I was being bullied at school. And I had thoughts about suicide so often. My self-esteem was nearly zero. I had very little hope. And so going there with him and for him to come and pick me up And for us to have that conversation and to know that, you know what? Someone actually does care about me. Someone does think I'm worth something to engage with me and to do something with me. was so incredibly life-giving. And that he made these small, consistent deposits in these ordinary moments. And because he did, he had a huge impact on my life. He turned really ordinary. By doing this, he turned ordinary moments into extraordinary ones. But if we're not going to miss these ordinary moments, something that it requires us to do is to be present. And one of the ways that we need to be present is we need to be physically present if we're not going to miss the ordinary moments. And over the past couple of years, I have talked to so many dads who have told me, have sat across from me while we're having breakfast or lunch or coffee who have sat across the table from me and said to me you know what Andrew if I could go back 10 15 20 years and just do it all over again if I could just press rewind I would spend less time at the office and more time with my children because and they said because I was at the office I missed so many dinners so many practices so many games, so many recitals, concerts, so many bedtimes. I missed so many opportunities to make those small, consistent deposits in my child's life. Had so many conversations with dads. Sort of like a broken record. Because if we don't want to miss it, we have to be physically present. But in addition to being physically present, what we also need to be is we need to be mentally present. And a couple weeks ago, I gave a teaching on digital health. And in that teaching, I mentioned a study that was recently done by Common Sense Media that found that on average, parents spend nine hours and 22 minutes every single day looking at various screens. And out of those nine hours and 22 minutes, eight of them were for personal use. So one of the reasons why we as parents, we miss out on the ordinary moments of our day with our children is because we're looking at this thing, because we're engaged with this thing, And one of the things that was very, very sobering for me yesterday is that I had a conversation with a woman after uh, the service last night. And she said that she had a conversation recently with a child psychologist. And this chico- child psychologist said that in recent years that she sees so many more, five, six, seven-year-olds, who come into her office saying that, you know what, I feel so neglected by my parents. My parents do not listen to me because they are glued to this Thing. It's gotten so bad that children have to see a child psychologist because so many of us as parents are glued to our phones. And I'm one of the worst offenders because one of the first phrases that my daughter spoke to me was, Dad, get off your phone. Awesome parenting moment right there. Dad, get off your phone. And so in recent weeks, one of the things that I've tried to do, I've tried to do, is I've tried to leave my phone in the other room, or at the very least on the other side of the room. So you know what? I just can't reach out and grab it because I want to be more fully present for the ordinary moments in my children's life so I can make these small, consistent deposits. So don't miss their identity. Don't miss the ordinary. And before I get to the third thing that we shouldn't miss, I want to invite the ushers to come forward to receive our offering this morning. And if you're new with us today, if you're a first-time guest, first of all, I want to say welcome. We are thrilled that you decided to be here uh, with us this morning. And please do not feel any obligation to give because this does not have to be your moment. Instead, what we'd love to do is after the service to go out into the lobby and to have a conversation drop by our starting point table. And you'll see those people. They have bright orange shirts with the word starting point and to have a conversation about how you can get connected into our community. But three things that we don't want to miss as parents is we don't want to miss our children's identity. We don't want to miss the ordinary. But at the same time, what we also don't want to miss is we don't want to miss this week. Because maybe you have a strategy as to how you want to invest into your child. And maybe it's not to miss their identity. Maybe part of it is not to miss the ordinary. Maybe it's something else. But whatever it may be, what I want to say is don't wait until next week. Don't wait until the week after that or next month. Because every single week, we lose another marvel. So don't miss this week. And something that we want to give you For those of you who would like to pick one up on your way out, is that we would like to give you a marble to remind you of this. And so, if you would like, we'd love for you to pick up a marble on the way out. And you could keep it in your pocket, you could keep it on your dresser or your nightstand at home, you can keep it on your desk at your office. And whenever you see that marble, our hope is that you would see it and you would be reminded to maximize the time that you have with your child. And the thing, and something else that I actually do want to say. Is that? What about those people? What about those of us? Those of us who are parents? That when we look at our jar, that you may think, you know what? I don't have many marbles left. Or maybe for some of you, you may be thinking, I have no marbles left, and I did miss out on their seeing their identity. I did miss out on the ordinary moments and investing into them. And I did miss out on not only this week, but last week and the week before that, and on so many weeks. What about those people? What are you supposed to do then? And if that's you, one of the things that I want to say is that there is definitely still hope. Because, of course, after your children graduate from high school and they move out, they go to college, they start their careers, maybe have families of their own. doesn't mean that your relationship ends. doesn't mean that you stop being mom or dad. Of course, you still have that relationship, and you will always have a certain amount of influence, And you may not be the voice in their life, but that doesn't mean that you can't be a voice. Because after children, because for most children, when they graduate from high school, their relationship with their parents will start moving into a friendship phase, where there will be other voices in their lives, potentially other voices that are even louder than parents. But again, as I mentioned, it doesn't mean that your voice has to be silent, because even though you may not be the voice, it doesn't mean that you can't be a voice. And you can't, and it doesn't mean that you can't do the things that we talked about today. It doesn't mean that you can't still see who they are and call it out of them. It doesn't mean that you can't still, in the ordinary moments, make those small, consistent deposits. When you're having dinner with them, when you take them out to dinner, when you're texting with them or, or talking on the phone with them, it doesn't mean that you can't make those deposits. And it doesn't mean that you can't start this week and so if that's you what i want to say is that there is definitely hope and parenting is one of the most difficult it is the mo- it is the most difficult thing that i've ever done in my entire life because i've never had to apologize so much never made so many mistakes in one area of my life but something that has brought me a lot of encouragement, helped me along the way, is to have other people who are further along on this journey than I am, who are able to speak into where I am, but also to help me see where I'm going. And if this is something that you want, something that you feel like you need in your life, we have this incredible class that we'd love for you to jump into that's called Intentional Parenting, that's actually going on right now. And if you want to sign up for it, all you have to do is go out into the lobby, drop by our uh, guest, uh, guest table guest information table and you can sign up right there and you can jump in it's an incredible incredible class that will provide you with a lot of wisdom and really help you to maximize the time that you have with your child but as i mentioned parenting is difficult but something that has brought me a lot of comfort and confidence is that even though as parents we make mistakes whether you have children at home whether you're investing into some child whether you're a teacher whatever it may be whatever context it is That you are parenting and leading and investing into children. We make mistakes. But thankfully, we have a God who is the ultimate parent. And when we make mistakes, it provides space. Not that we should make mistakes, but when we do make mistakes, that he's able to enter in and to do what only he can, which is the truly extraordinary. And he loves us and he loves our children because they're ultimately his more than we ever could understand or imagine. And he's given us this extraordinary responsibility. As parents, he's entrusted to us, these children, to love them, to care for them, to teach them, and to encourage them for this amount of time. So don't miss their identity. Don't miss the ordinary. And don't miss this week. And so what we're going to do, one of the ways that we want to respond to this is to do a responsive reading. And so I wanted to invite Naomi and her daughter Katrina up. And here they come. Let's give them a hand as they come out. Thanks so much, guys. And they're going to be leading us in a responsive reading. And for some of you who have been a part of certain church traditions, you may have already experienced, you may know what a responsive reading is. For others of you, maybe you've never experienced something like this before. And what a responsive reading is, is where someone reads a statement, a truth, in this case Naomi and Katrina will be reading it, and then everybody else in the community responds to it. It's pretty simple. And all the words will be up on the screen. And they will, rem- uh, they will be reading the family member part. And then all of us will be reading the all part. And I know you guys are incredibly intelligent people. So even if you've never done it, you're going to catch on like that. It's a pretty simple thing. And responsive readings have been done throughout the history of the church. And there are a lot of reasons why the church has embraced this practice. One of them being that it encourages engagement and participation. And that invites everyone to jump in and to be a part of it. But another reason why it's been done for so many centuries is that there's also a powerful teaching element that's present in it as well. Because the statements, the truths that are read, that are heard, that are responded to are powerful truths about who God is and how he feels about certain things in our lives. And because we're in this parenting series, we're going to be reading, responding to, hearing some powerful truths about the family and and asking God, God, would you please help us as parents? So as we do this, let's all rise. And Katrina and Naomi are going to lead us in this.
4: Our Heavenly Father, maker of all there is, we recognize the multitude of challenges facing families as we celebrate the bonds of families established through your
1: love.
3: We celebrate families everywhere and their future generations.
1: We understand that families are your design and that we need your guidance and direction in how to lead our families.
3: We acknowledge that of ourselves we can do nothing, but with you all things are possible.
4: We affirm for every family faith, strength, and love.
3: We pray for faith, strength, and love for families everywhere and for future generations
4: we further pray for family understanding wisdom and power
3: we pray for understanding wisdom and power for families everywhere and for future generations
1: we pray for the inner strength of every family member every parent every spouse Every child, every sibling, and every caregiver, that they may never forget your promise to strengthen them and cause them
2: to stand.
3: Our prayer is that you would renew our minds, uplift our hearts, and create a growing spiritual life for families today and for future generations. Let's bow our heads and pray. God, we thank you, Lord, that you love our children. You love our children more than we could ever understand or imagine. And thank you, God, that you've given us this incredible responsibility as parents, teachers, mentors to really be able to invest in the next generation, God. And so we pray, Lord, that whatever stage of life we are at, God, that we would truly maximize the time that we have left. Or if our child have grow, have, if our children have grown up, they've uh, moved out, Lord, and have families of their own, that we would remember that we could still do these things, that we could still invest and we could still influence them in a positive way. And so, Lord, please help us to not miss their identity, to not miss the ordinary, and to not miss this week, to start this week. Thank you, God, for this incredible privilege that we have as parents. And we pray these things in your son's name.
5: Amen. One thing I can can say about... uh parenting, as a new parent of a little four-month-old at home, I can say that my wife and I, we had no idea what we were getting into. It is hard work, and we haven't even seen like the beginning of it yet, but one thing I can say and that I'm reassured of is that God is faithful and that he will never leave us or forsake us. And the other thing I'm sure of is that all of his promises are yes and amen. Amen? So let's sing this out together, all right? Sing, Father. Father of kindness, you have poured out grace.
3: As we leave here today and we go out, we lead, we parent our children, that we would remember what we just sang about, that all of God's promises are yes and amen, and that we would lean into those promises this week. And so just a few things that I want to let you guys know about as we leave today is that on your way out, just to remind you to pick up a marble, and that every single time you see that marble this week, next week, and the months to come, that you would remember to maximize, it would remind you to maximize the time that you have left with your child. But also, last week, we also gave out Deuteronomy decals for everybody to take. And if you didn't get one, we also want to invite you to pick one up. The ushers have those. And also, our prayer team will be up front. So anyone who would like somebody to pray with them, pray for them, we'd love for you to come forward. So thanks so much, everyone. Have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your Sunday.